0: This is a series about dreams. How many of you remember your dreams when you wake up in the mornings? How many of you think you probably never dream because you can't remember them? All right? uh, you're going to be dead if you don't dream, according to science. But uh, we all dream. And this is a series about what you think about, what you dream about, we're going to talk about. Last week, we talked about something very near to your heart. If you knew me, would you love me? And everybody dreams about being fully known and yet fully loved. If you knew me, would you really love me? And we dream about that because we want to be known. And so if you missed last week, the first sermon on Dream On, go back to the app, click on it, and you can watch it. Today, I want to go down a very narrow road, and I'm going to need a little bit of grace today. I've never taught on this before this way. I've never heard anybody else teach on it this way, which probably should have been a yellow flag for me. However, that's never stopped me. I have more brains, I have more courage than I do brains, but I want to go down a very narrow road today on wealth and prosperity. But I need a little bit of grace. How many of you will give me a little bit of grace? All right, good. At least a few of you will today. Because there's something to this, and it's been abused. And yet it's still in the Scriptures, and I want to take an attempt this morning to talk about wealth, because we all dream about more. If we're honest, we spend a lot of our time thinking about more. If we have all that we need, and we have more than what we know what to do with, we still dream about more. How can we make more money? How can we give more money? How can we influence more money? How can we leverage more money? If we're honest, we all think about more. If you have a car that's not very good, you think about a better car, right? If you have a good, you don't? You don't think about, I do, I think about a better car. If you have a car that runs really well, but you want a better car, if you have no food, you dream about some food. If you have a little bit of food, you dream about some better food. If you're able to eat at medium-sized restaurants, you still dream about some of those other great restaurants and great food. If you have no shelter, you dream about shelter. If you have average shelter, you dream about better shelter. Everybody in this room dreams and thinks about more. And where does that come from? It comes from your heavenly Father. Your heavenly Father asked Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, to subdue the earth, and to basically... Have dominion over all of creation. This desire, this will inside of you and inside of me for more, most of the time it comes directly from your Heavenly Father. And there's a whole lot of lanes we can run in with this, but they're wide lanes. I want to go down a very narrow lane. The Bible knows what you need, the Bible knows what you're thinking about, and that's why there's all these lanes about money. God talks more about money than he does any other subject combined because he knows it's on our minds and he knows we need help with it. So there's wide lanes about how to earn money. There's all kind of lanes about how you earn money and how you work in industry. There's wide lanes on how you give money. There's wide lanes on how you spend money. There are wide lanes on how you invest money. There are wide, wide, wide lanes about money. I want to go down a very narrow lane today, and we're going to need a little bit of grace. And I may not get this exactly right this first time, but we're going to get good at this because it's in the Scriptures. Now, here's what happens. Well-intentioned, good-hearted pastors stay away from this topic. And the reason they stay away from this topic is because a few charlatans on TV have abused this topic. But for every one charlatan on TV who only wants something from you, there are 10,000 honest, humble pastors in all these small towns who just want something for you. And that's what the Bible really is all about. When you think about God and the scriptures, when He teaches us anything, he 's not asking something from us; he always wants something first for you, and so the scriptures have something for us when it comes to wealth and when it comes to prosperity. So today i 'm going down a very narrow lane, and I want to talk about secondarily wealth. I want to talk about primarily today about prosperity so let 's start with some questions. Have I got your attention? Okay, here we go. God help me. Can you be outside the will of God and be wealthy? Yes, you can. Can you be, hang on, outside the will of God and be prosperous? You cannot. You can be outside of God's will and you can be inside of God's will and be wealthy. But you cannot be outside of God's will and be prosperous. Can everyone be wealthy? No. Everyone cannot be wealthy. It's simple economics. I'm not an economist, but simple ep- economics are there's a lot of people that have to work. Can, you, can everyone be wealthy? No. Can everyone be prosperous? Yes. Everyone can be prosperous. Are there many ways to be wealthy? Yes, there are. But there's only one way to be prosperous. And there is a huge difference, two different icebergs when it comes to wealth and when it comes to prosperity. What does the Bible say about prosperity? Let's read some scripture verses together and just see what the Bible has to say. I only picked seven. I could have picked 107. I limited this to just seven. Here we go. Let's start with just one. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. Circle that word, prosper, and not harm you. I have plans to give you a hope and I have plans to give you a future. Psalm 128 says, You will eat the fruit of your labor, blessings, and prosperity will be yours. I'm not talking about wealth. I'm talking about prosperity. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. These are God's people who live under his favor, who live under his protection. God is talking about even in times of famine, there will be prosperity for the righteous. Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be what? The Bible talks about prosperity over and over and over again. I'm not sure the Bible tells you how to be wealthy, but I know the Bible tells you how to be prosperous. In fact, the Bible talks a lot about wealth. There's warnings be careful, be on your guard. But the concept of prosperity is throw fire on it, f- fan this into flames and move toward prosperity. There's a huge difference between wealth and between prosperity. And so when you hear this on TV and you see something that comes in the mail, it's usually some charlatan who wants something from you and doesn't really want something for you. Huge difference, big big difference. You will again obey the Lord and follow all his commands that I am giving you today. Then the Lord your God will make you most prosperous in all the work of your hands and in the fruit of your womb. The young of your livestock and the crops of the Lord, again, will delight in you and make you prosperous just as he delighted in your ancestors. This is Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 30. And Moses has about three chapters on blessings and curses for the people. You will be blessed if you're under God's umbrella of protection, and you will be cursed if you decide to walk out of God's umbrella of protection in Deuteronomy. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Where does this come from? Psalm, the very first one. Blessed is the one. I, knew, I know you knew that. You knew that. You were just waiting on I me mean, to read it, weren't you? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, they what? They prosper. Now, every one of us in this room wants to prosper. And we dream about more. If we're honest, we all dream about more. And most of the time, those dreams are from good motives. Here's what he says in Proverbs. My son, do not forget my teaching." But keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years, and it will bring you peace and prosperity. Now before we get too far off the deep end here, and you think I've lost my mind, which maybe you already think that, I don't know, that's okay, I want to talk about what does it look like to prosper, and what areas of your life do you really want to prosper in? And so when we think about prosperity, obviously we want to prosper financially. It's why you go to work. Nobody goes to work to be poor. Nobody says, I'm going to go to work today so I can lose money. I'm going to go to work today so I can be further behind this week than I was last week. Nobody does that. Why do you have jobs? Why do you have businesses? Why do you go to work? Everybody wants to prosper financially. And so obviously that is an area that we're all thinking about and that's usually the only area that ever gets talked about by most of the health and wealth gospel preachers. But there's also prosperity of health. And the scriptures talk about how God wants to nourish your bones and how God has great health in store for you. And you're going, "Well, preacher, how in the world is that applied because I just got a disease. I just got cancer." And you think about the house that was illustrated by Jesus. And Jesus talked about there were two guys building a house. One guy built his house on the sand, and one guy built his house on the rock. And the storms came, the rains came, and the one house is destroyed. Just think about the California mudslides we've seen the last month. One house was destroyed because it was built on the sand, but one house stood standing after the storm. God doesn't promise you that there won't be storms. The difference is the guy who put his house on the rock, and in this story, it's on Jesus Christ, he's still going to be standing after the storm. So can you go through a divorce? Yes, but are you still standing? Can you have somebody betray you in business? Yes, but are you still standing? Can you get cancer and you go through all these treatments? But yes, you are still standing. And the difference is God wants to prosper you. He's going to make you strong. He's going to enable you to withstand the storms of life. For anybody to say that a believer never goes through trials and tribulations is just not accurate. Jesus himself said the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The difference is I'm still standing. I'm still standing. I'm still standing because I put my hope on the rock. And so God does want to prosper you with your job. He does want to give you windows of opportunity. He does want to give you insights into how to do your work or your business better and better and better. He does want to come into your life and help you with your health. But I also think God comes and prospers you with your family. And again, it isn't like your family doesn't have challenges. It isn't like your family doesn't have issues. It isn't like you don't have trials. But but what does He do? He helps you. To build relationships. He helps you to build those kingdom connections. Um, Both of my daughters were married a year apart. The youngest was married this last October, and the oldest was married a year ago October. And as a dad, when you got daughters, you pray about these future boys, right? Am I with you? Am Am I preaching to the choir? Are you with me on this? I mean, you're just praying that some idiot doesn't come along and sweep them off their feet and You know, you're praying for a a godly guy and a godly... I have two of the most amazing son-in-laws. Ethan's our son. I have Jeff now and Andrew. There's a prosperity that comes from family. We get to live here in Florida. Yesterday, I'm cleaning the pool, and I started laughing. I'm in no shirt. I'm in gym trunks and flip-flops cleaning the pool, and all my relatives in Indiana are freezing you're from Indiana. Somebody's got to live there, all right? (laughs) He prospers us in so many different ways. I think he prospers us through a church. The healthiness of finding a good church, the healthiness of a church that can help you and restore you and pour life into you. There are so many different ways for God to come into your life, kingdom connections, finances, job, education, opportunities, family, geography, the, the friendships that we have, the family that we get to enjoy by being a part of this community. There are multiple ways for God to come into your life and to prosper you. Now, I want to give you nine different ways next on how God will... Pro- I could have done 109. In fact, I was reading this morning about 615, even a proverb that had another one. I thought, boy, I want to add that, but I can't. I'm just going to do nine. But there's so many different ways. And this is an upside down kingdom. What you think I'm about to say probably isn't what I'm going to say to you. Because this is an upside-down kingdom. The way you prosper in the kingdom of God is exactly the opposite way that you prosper in this culture and in this community. The whole thing about Christianity, it's an upside-down kingdom. The first shall be last. The last shall be first. You go around exalting yourself, you will be humble. You humble yourself, you will be exalted. And so here we go. Turn to your app if you have it. I'm going to give you nine different ways right now on how God will prosper you. and it's probably not what you're thinking. Here's the first one. Jeremiah. We started with this earlier. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and you will come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me. When you seek me with all of your eyes. What's what's the number one way to prosper? What does he say here? You can find if you want. You seek me. So this is the very first way. If you want to prosper in Christ, you seek him. You seek him early in the morning. You seek him all day long. You learn to seek him. It's a discipline. It's a practice. It's a habit. It's a passion. It's a lifestyle. If you want to live under the umbrella of God's prosperity, which is under his protection, and you live under that, that shield, you want to be able to seek him. And so Jeremiah teaches us that we, we seek God early in the morning. We seek God all day long. Here's what Joshua says. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may, not, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be what? Prosperous and you will be successful. Here's what he says. If I want to be prosperous. I learned to immerse myself in the scriptures. Now, I know this is possible because I am 18 years old, leaving home, didn't grow up in a Christian home necessarily, came to Christ when I was 14, and I, I go to this college to learn how to preach. And you take this test on your Bible knowledge. I didn't go to Sunday school. I wasn't necessarily in all that. And I score in the bottom 14th percentile of all people who ever took that test, aren't you glad I'm your preacher? <laughs> and I realized, I've got to learn the Scriptures. And I love the Bible. That's why I'm trying to teach this this morning. I've never heard anybody teach this exactly the way I'm doing this today. I know you can do it. You immerse yourself in the scriptures. You play the Psalms as you go to bed. You listen to the Proverbs as you get up. You can listen to Scripture, U verse in your car, but you learn to immerse yourself in the Scriptures. How else can you be prospered? How, what's another step of prosperity in your life? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on His law day and night. We talked about that. I surround myself with godly people. Godly people who will pray for you, godly people who will challenge you, godly people who share some of your same values. You've heard me say this before, everybody needs a man ahead of him, a man beside him, and a man behind him. Every woman needs a woman ahead of her, a woman beside her, and a woman behind her. This is the person who's ahead of you. Who is ahead of you spiritually in your life? And so you surround yourself with these kind of good people. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. How how blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. Now, I, I summarize this by, I hear the Lord's voice over everybody else. Lots of competing voices are speaking to you. To prosper, we must be able to hear God's voice over everybody else's. To prosper, we must be able to say, that's the voice of the Lord. That's not the voice of the Lord. That's where the Lord is taking me. Can you hear God's voice? Here's our next one. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my teaching in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years, and they will bring you peace and prosperity. What does this mean? I devote my heart to God. This is not about you getting wealthy. This is about you living under the umbrella of God's protection. This is about you living under the peace and the life that God has to, to give into you. And so again, I learned to devote my heart to God. And then there's life and peace. When my heart's devoted to God, I have life and I have peace. Here's another tool. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and the sight of man. I just, I learned to love people. Who are the people? You want to prosper? God's put people in your life. Now, you don't love everybody. I, I get that. But it's being able to help people and love people and, and really submit to people who are around you is another way that God will bless you because he loves all the people that you, that you see. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on your own understanding, all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your what? He will make your path straight. Most of us in this room know that. Here's what this means. I learned to trust God. Now, isn't this hard to do? until you do it the first time. And then after you trust him the first time, you realize he's trustworthy. And as you go forward in life, you really are prospering more and more and more with kingdom connections and family and life and peace and joy because what? You've learned to trust him. You hear his voice and you know that he's trustworthy. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body, And nourishment to your bones. And what is he saying here? I anchor myself really to the King of Kings. I put my anchor in God. And again, we talked about this on Christmas Eve. Everyone puts their anchor somewhere. You're always going to let your anchor down with something and somebody. Where is your anchor going down? All right. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. And this is the only one I'm talking about, giving. I honor the Lord with my resources. Again, the health and wealth gospel preachers are all all, quoting all the verses about giving and giving only. That's one. That's one of about 25 different ways to prosper. But it's an important one to be able to learn to honor God with my resources. I want something for you today. There's no special offerings we're not starting any capital campaigns. We're not, this is, you, you give online anyway. Most, half of you give online anyway. I, I want you to live and to pursue the prosperity of God. I don't know if God's going to make you wealthy. And that's not even the point today. It's got nothing to do with this today. Because you can be wealthy and live in the will of God, and you can be wealthy and live outside the will of God. I mean, there's a whole lot of ways to become wealthy. You can earn it. You can steal it. I mean, there's a whole lot of ways to become wealthy. But there's only one way to be prosperous. There's only one way, and that is in the will of God. And so I've just shared with you nine different tools or steps today on how God wants to prosper you. There's 25 more in the scriptures Again, this morning, as I was reading about 6.15 in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13, it says, those who renounce their sins and those who confess their sins, the Lord will prosper. And I thought, man, that would have been great for communion even this morning, right? You talk about you confess your sin, you humble yourself, and God will lift you up. He will raise you up. So Jesus is teaching people and talking to people just like you and just like me. And, and it's easy to get anxious about not having enough. Or it's easy to get anxious about retirement or college. Or I'm in debt, so how do I pay the bills? It, it, it's easy to get overwhelmed with life. And, and the people were just like you and just like me. And so Jesus tells this story. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus starts telling the people... Why do you worry about your life? Why do you worry? Well, preacher, i got bills to pay. Well, The reason I'm worried is is I'm getting older and I'm I'm about to retire. The reason I'm concerned is I'm about to go to college. The reason I'm concerned. And so just like you, Jesus addresses them. And Jesus says, why do you worry about your life? Why are you worrying about food and clothing and shelter? And he talks about the birds of the air and the fields, you know, Solomon dresses. And he says, why, why are you worrying? And then he says this. Here's the answer. He says, he knows. Your heavenly father, he knows. He knows what you need. He knows. And Jesus basically says at the end of that little story, just seek first the kingdom of God. And then all the things that you need, they're going to be added unto you. But but just what? Just seek first the kingdom of God. And it's an encouragement to us not to be lazy, not to quit school, not to quit going to work. It's an encouragement to us to just be still. To just be still and, and know that I am God. I got you. I know your health concerns. I know your family dynamics. I understand some of the tensions at work and the supervisors and the boss and the downturn. And I I understand you. I I know all that. I, I got it. And Jesus says, your heavenly father, he knows. And so our team has written a song called Still. And I want to ask them to come out right now, if you would. Come out and just sing this song for us. Just stay seated. But the goal at this next two or three minutes is to listen to this great song and worship. But just be still. Let God still your soul. And realize all of us can be prosperous. All of us can live under the umbrella of God's favor. All of us can have the anointing that God has chosen for each and every one of us. Would you just sit there, relax, worship, and be still.
1: Held down with love And washed in your perfect blood Now I am free
2: so much. Thank you, thank you for coming along on this songwriting journey with us. It's an honor to be able to write songs to our Heavenly Father, and then an honor to be able to come and worship with all of you to these songs that we have poured our hearts in. And so I thank you so much for that opportunity that you've given us. I want to pull up those nine points back up on the screens. And at this time, the prayer partners, you guys can come on up front I want you to look at these nine points and I want you to pick one, just like Kurt tells us. And I want us all to leave here with one point that we're gonna be intentional about because the Lord really has called us to live a life of prosperity, an abundant life because we are the head and not the tail. We are above and we are never beneath and we are called to be prosperous in everything that we do. And these points will really help you to get there. And so be intentional about one of them. Pick one. And when you have your one, will you stand? And I will pray for us as we leave today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much for dying on a cross, for tearing that veil so that we can have an a, a intimate and close relationship with you, so that we can come to you with everything, with any question on our heart or anything that may concern us and any worry we may have. And I thank you, Lord God, for looking down upon us and saying, be still and know that I am God and I've got you in the palm of my hand and I'm going to do my very best, he's saying to all of us, to set us up for a successful, successful life. And Lord God, we all know we're not, we're not naive. We know that comes with storms and with valleys. And in the midst of those storms and valleys, we're still going to say that we're prosperous people. And we're still going to claim your promises for us. And so I thank you, Lord Jesus. To me, to, for me today, I commit to seek you first in all things that I do. And I'm going to be intentional about it, Lord God. And I pray today as we leave that we are all intentional about seeking you and about getting closer to you. Because you are the real deal. And your love really is everything that we could ever need thank you so much for who you are. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys. You have a great day today.